Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. The takeover by the Taliban of Afghanistan. The speed with which the Taliban has been moving, and it's deeply concerning. The Taliban is not the North Vietnamese army. Kabul looks like a zombie movie. Joe Biden is responsible for this. The Taliban have already started house-to-house searches. A catastrophe for the United States. Afghanistan. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is News and Views for a new week, a new day. And unfortunately, it's a very, very sad day as we see what's happening in Afghanistan. Uh, We're very happy to uh, let you know that uh, Dr. Greg Murphy, Representative Greg Murphy, who represents North Carolina's 3rd Congressional District, will be joining us shortly. And we'll take your phone calls if you'd like to call in 561-8255 to talk to Greg Murphy concerning the situation in Afghanistan, along with all the other, uh, I'll give it a uh, twofold definition, asinine and um, horrendous sad name what you want but the the decisions that are being made in dc uh, take your breath away one wonders if we will recover as a nation so president biden was about 15 minutes late for his address he finally got to the podium i guess he couldn't find it but he finally got there about four o'clock and uh, addressed the nation concerning afghanistan and basically he took no responsibility he he blamed every other president. He took no responsibility. In fact, he was sort of strutting that, you know, he didn't want to have the surge back in 2009. He was against that. And basically he was saying he was right then and he is right now. The problem is, Joe, you can't have it both ways. The The situation in Afghanistan is sad. It It, it is so bad over there. If you didn't see any of the news today, these big Air Force cargo jets, have you ever seen those things land? I've seen them land up at Dover Air Force Base in, in Delaware. They are, it's, it's, they're huge. They're gigantic. It's hard to believe they can get in the air, but they were on the ground in Afghanistan to get people out and to get troops in. And the Afghanis were all out on the tarmac just running to the airplane and literally. Now, I I realize that's a third world country. And most of those people have not even ever been up in an airplane, let alone a cargo jet. And yet they're, they're smart enough to realize you can't hang on to the outside of a jet airplane and have a very good chance of survival. I mean, it's like one in a million. And yet, apparently, there were seven Afghanis that grabbed a hold of the jet on the outside of the jet as it took off. They would rather lose their lives falling from a jet airplane than to live under the Taliban. The The biggest misnomer in all this, though, and I, I, I alluded to this last week. Joe Biden gets up there and says, you know, this is the war that would never end. And I would not take this war into a third decade. And by the estimates are we have spent some two and a half trillion dollars in Afghanistan. I believe that. And we have lost numerous lives. But 
the number of lives that we have lost in the last two years, in fact, you know, it virtually disappeared from the radar under the Trump administration. Now, I know Donald Trump was wanting to reduce the number of troops there. And I actually disagreed with Trump in the sense that it, it wasn't a situation where we were losing lives. In fact, I, I would guess that the, uh, the number of military people we have lost, the numbers probably been over the last 18 months, I'm, I'm speculating here, but I would suggest to you that the number of military that we have lost in the United States probably outnumbers the number of military we have lost in Afghanistan over the last 18 months. Now, here in the United States, it would be by accident or, you know, some sort of uh, uh, crash or something to do, you know, with with training. But I would suggest to you we probably lost more military here than we have in Afghanistan over the last 18 months. But the bottom line, so the bottom line is it was we were in occupiers. And yes, it was a police force. And yes, it was costing us something. But we could have worked out a deal where it would, the Afghanis could have paid us to be there, begin to repay us. Now, I don't know how exactly that would have worked, but the bottom line is going to cost us a whole lot more money as the Taliban takes over Afghanistan. We will never again, I, look, if I was in the Middle East and the United States came to me and said, will you help us in this operation? I'd say, you've got to be kidding me. Why would I trust you? as an interpreter, a translator, or giving you inside information, have my throat slit, and you're not going to keep my back, and we're not keeping our word. But the bottom line is it wasn't a war. I mean, it was a war at one time, but over the last several years, we've just been occupying there, and it's been working out fine. Why are we leaving? And it, it, the, the number of lives that have been lost— the Gold Star families that have lost loved ones, and, and we just hightail out of there. So Joe Biden was saying, again, he was doubling down. He was strutting his stuff. He was basically saying, well, you know, this is our plan all along. And if it hadn't worked out, we have plenty of contingency plans. Or as he said today, he meant to say contingency plans. He said, we have plenty of constituency plans. But this is what he said 38 days ago, this is July 11th, just last month, this is what he said about Afghanistan and his withdrawal. This is from the White House on July 11th, 38 days ago. Is the Taliban takeover of Afghanistan now inevitable? No, it is not. Because you have the Afghan troops have 300,000 well-equipped, as well-equipped as any army in the world and an Air Force against something like 75,000 Taliban. It is not inevitable. Mr. President, thank you very much. Your own intelligence community has assessed that the Afghan government will likely collapse. That is not true. Is it, can you please clarify what they have told you about whether that will happen or not? That is not true. They, so, did, not, they didn't, did not reach that conclusion. So what is the level of confidence that they have that it will not collapse? The Afghan government and leadership has to come together. They clearly have the capacity to sustain the government in place. 
And do you see any parallels between this withdrawal and what happened in Vietnam with some people feeling... None whatsoever. Zero. What you had is you had entire brigades breaking through the gates of our embassy. Six, if I'm not mistaken. The Taliban is not the, South, the North Vietnamese army. They're not, they're not remotely comparable in terms of capability. There's going to be no circumstance where you see people being lifted off the roof of an embassy in the, of the United States from Afghanistan. It is not at all comparable. Well, it is comparable. In fact, it looks exactly like it did back in the 1975-76 area. You having a good time, Joe? You know, I'd like to laugh at that. And, and well, I, I'll say this about that. You people, the, those out there, those never-Trumpers, and by the way, I saw a headline today that even the never-Trumpers are starting to say, I'd rather have Trump than Biden. But if you had a brain to think with, this is so predictable. This, this isn't any surprise. Now, Joe Biden is shocked and he's surprised. But this is so predictable. Those of you, oh, I don't like President Trump's tweets. Therefore, I'm going to vote for this guy that's in the White House now. And I don't believe he is the legitimate president. I don't think he wanted. I, I absolutely do not think he wanted. But he's in the White House, and there are a lot of people out there that voted for him that said they were good Republicans. A lot of, a lot of evangelicals out there say, oh, yeah, I'm an evangelical Christian, but I'm voting for Joe Biden. Wow. So this is what you get. It was so bad. Oh, by the way, did you see the, the one article, you know, they want to make Joe look like he's really in control. So what do they do? They The White House puts out a picture of Joe Biden sitting at this conference table up at Camp David. And one reporter noticed the clocks on the wall are all incorrect. They're incorrect, that is, if that picture was actually taken over the last several days. It is what what everyone is speculating. It was a picture taken last March. And uh, it is either the clocks at Camp David are wrong, which is hard to believe. Or they photoshopped in the wrong time on the clocks. Or, yeah, there's the picture of it right there. <laughs> is that the exact one, you think? Uh, that, that, well, the picture of Joe there is yeah. if you're looking on cable seven, it. yeah, that's it. Yeah. But the, the, the clocks on the wall are wrong. If, if you're going by the clocks on the wall and the reason why they know this is because the different time, how can, how do we know it's back then is because the, the different times on the clocks for the different nations based on when daylight savings kicks in for a certain nation versus another nation, uh, it, it would have had to taken place back in the spring because certain nations have daylight savings time and other nations don't have daylight saving time. And the way the clocks are reading, uh, there would have been, I think between, I think it was between Moscow and maybe, uh, London. It sh- if, if it was, uh, if it was actually now the different, the time difference would have been three hours instead. It was like two or vice versa. I, I can't remember exactly what the details were, but, uh, 
Yeah, I, I think if it was any of the above, it would been uh, that, yeah, the White House just put up any old photo and say, look how important our president is. One of the CNN reporters actually reported today that while the Afghanis were running and trying to get on Air Force planes to get out of there, they were also, and, and while they were very friendly to the American troops, they were also covering their rear ends by sh- shouting out death to America, which is what they have to do if they don't want to have their throats slit by the Taliban. This is what we have left behind. And look, this is just one of many disastrous and asinine decisions that we have from this administration. We're going to take a timeout. When we come back, we're going to be joined by our congressman for North Carolina's 3rd Congressional District, Dr. Greg Murphy, and get his take and input. And uh, hopefully he'll have some uh, positive things to say as they go back into session next week. We'll be right back. collection of question marks. There's a lot of questions. Why? How? No logic, no reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare. Worst nightmare of their lives. This long nationwide nightmare. We'll start collecting clues as to the whys, the whats, and the wheres. Neighborhood by neighborhood. Literally knocking on doors. This is your worst nightmare. The nightmare. It would be a nightmare. Worst nightmare. We will not end the nightmare. We'll only explain it. Explain to us. Because this. This. This is News and Views with Tom and Benny on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. Dr. Greg Murphy, who represents North Carolina's 3rd Congressional District in Congress, is sitting in with us. We, we contacted him today, and he said, I'd absolutely like to come on with you. Uh, and when I text Greg, uh, Dr. Murphy, Congressman Murphy, I uh, said, would you come on and discuss the terrible and asinine decisions that are taking place in Washington, D.C.? I, I can't describe it. Any, I can't describe it diplomatically. You know, I mean, normally you come out and you try to respect the office of the presidency, but it is so uh, frustrating and heartbreaking to see what we've seen over the weekend. There's a long list I've got here that I'd like to talk to you about, uh, Dr. Murphy, but uh, start out with the situation in Afghanistan. Uh, was this not predictable? Yeah, Tom, you know, I, I, I wish we could just talk about less government versus more government and taxes versus less taxes. I wish that was been the historical uh, argument right. of the Democratic Party. But if you look at the last essentially eight months, this is the degradation and the self-inflicted wounds on this country that we have never experienced. Yeah. And, you know, to this, this debacle in Afghanistan is literally symbolic of what's happened in this country, but now we just see it on the on the DBC uh, across the news, I mean, across the, uh, across the pond. And it's just basically the deterioration and abrogation of duties uh, that this president has dead, done to protect this nation, which he's not done. He's done anything but it, but destroy the nation. As, as you said, you had a chance to hear the president earlier yep. this afternoon. What yep. was your reaction as you saw that? Uh, you know, it took us how long for us to come out, and it took a day for us to hear anything about him. And uh, as we kind of pointed, whether that picture that they took about him being in the uh, room at Camp David is legit. fictional or legit or, or not, is <laughs> it just makes sense, unfortunately. Um, I heard somebody caught in fantasy world. You know, it's documented. Wall Street Journal said that his general said, do not do this, but he uh, disagreed with that. 
and uh, who is the uh, blanket on the defense secretary Gates, who was under Bush and Obama, who said that uh, Biden had not made the correct pol foreign policy decision in 40 years, in his opinion. And so what was done was we needed to get out of Afghanistan. I think there's uniform consensus in that. We've been there way too long. But there's a thing called an orderly and planned and strategic exit that this country could have done. Would the results have been the same? Possibly. But we would have at least tried the right way to do things rather than just literally have a dash for the door. Well, it wasn't as if that we were losing hundreds of men a day. I mean, how many how many how many military personnel have been lost in the last 12 months over there? You know, I don't have a number of that, but I think the the number and I, you know, anybody's lost obviously. Yeah, right. Casually. I don't mean no, to diminish that. No, no. Yes. But uh, I believe that number is less than 5. I, I yeah. please don't count on my I, I, for that, yeah, but, but I, I think, think you're in the correct. right neighborhood. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it's sad regardless, but again, there is a way to conduct the business of the government. And there's a way not to do, do that. And Biden is so out of touch, whether he's totally with it or not, again, is up to co extreme conjecture. Um, but to act like this and do this uh, against his recommendation of his military leaders, um, you know, the hell, the guy was the Senate Affa uh, Foreign Affairs chair. He should know what he's talking about, but he doesn't. But he doesn't. Well, a part of the problem, and in fact— um it was an Obama official has written an op-ed. I think it was in the USA Today. I'm not seeing the name of the person that wrote it, but it was an Obama official who really took Joe Biden to task and said he needs to get in there and start handing out papers saying you're fired to a, a bunch of people. And overall, he said his his problem is Joe Biden's problem. Now, first of all, I don't know if Joe Biden's actually running the, the store or not. I doubt if he is but that the appointments that he has made are political favors, and he's not finding the best people. No. Um, I mean, you look at from all the other stuff with, uh, you know, teaching CRT in the military to the transgender surgery. Now, we have veterans who are committing suicide at one at the rate of 17 a day, and they're and not getting the help that we need, and now we're reallocating resources to do to transgender, transgender surgery. surgery. I'm sorry, that you literally can't make that stuff up. There's so many things that have happened in this presidency that you just can't make up. You know, just when I, when I show up in Washington, D.C., and I go, okay, this is about as crazy as it gets. All I have to do is wake up another day there and see, are you kidding me? We're actually talking about this? And, uh, you know, it's tragic, Tom. It's tragic because the, rem the, the issues that we're having today, the, the self-inflicted wounds that are happening today will have ramifications and consequences for a quarter century, if we're able to undo them. Um, and God, we're only eight months, in, if that, eight months into this man's presidency. I mean, to say it's going to take us a quarter of a century to recover from this, I think is optimistic. I, I hope we can... If we have a country left. Yeah. If we have a country left. And, you know, people say, well, that's, that's hyperbolic, that's inflammatory. Just think about it. You, know, you go back time and time again to what Reagan said, that we could lose this country in a generation. Well, what has he done? They've infiltrated our, our schools, they've infiltrated our universities, and just fed them with hogwash. And, you know, wouldn't it be nice um, to love rather than hate? Yeah, it would be. It would be wonderful in a perfect Tell world. Tell that to the Taliban. Tell that to the Taliban. If you look at all our, quote, marginal um, parts of our society here, those people will be thrown from rooftops. Oh, yeah. 
Um, that's the real world we live in. Yeah, we want a better world. No doubt we want a better world. But we can't take our eye off of the real world. As you go to Washington, D.C., and you do your duty and you do your job and you're doing it well, and I, I ask this question numerous times, uh, are, are people like those who are running the Biden administration, the Nancy Pelosi's, the Chucky Schumer's, um, are they incompetent or is this their plan? Do they want to destroy our country? That's a very good question. And, and I did not really truly think the latter, but I do believe there are some elements um, on the far progressive party that do want to destroy the country and start anew. They, they feel like they've... Well, when you burn the cities down and I mean, you sit I, there I and applaud I truly believe it. that. I, I, you know, and I wish I didn't. I wish I didn't. But you can't have these policies without that intent of literally burning the country down and starting anew. And they want to start socialism. They want to do all these things that, um, you know, are just... This is not what this country is about. If they want that, by God, I'll give There's them a plenty plane of places to, Cuba, to go. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Look at the tragic people in Haiti. You know, I've I've worked in Haiti since the last earthquake, um, and if you look at people yearning for a better life, my God, they would come here in an instant. Don't burn and tear this country down. Yeah. You know, I, I get the if there's a silver lining, uh, you know, maybe, maybe there's a a great awakening around the corner because I, I've. There have been plenty of times in my lifetime, I'm 67 years old now, there have been plenty of times in my lifetime I thought, boy, this is bad. But uh, so many negative things just collapsing at the same time. Uh, my, my hope and prayer is, among other things, that people will start turning to the Lord for their for their guidance and their hope and their their security. But uh, it, well, for one thing's for sure, it's not in the U.S. government. No, no. Let's talk uh, about some things. You go. You go to back to work in D.C. next week, right? Mm-hmm. Start correct, on Monday. Correct. We've got the infrastructure bill, the one point two trillion dollar bill, passed the Senate, and now comes along part two, which originally uh, it was supposed to be three point five. Now they're saying it could be close to five trillion dollars. The uh, you know Bernie Sanders gets a hold of it, and, and you know, and we we look at. What we spent, in, as comparison, what we spent in Afghanistan for the last 20 years was $2.6 trillion. Now, we want to go and spend many, somewhere between 5 and $7 trillion on this infrastructure bill, which is not infrastructure, especially infrastructure part two. Uh, what are your th- and, and do you even know what's in, in the bill? Uh, because uh, obviously the public doesn't. Um. Tom, you know, again, you, you, as I said, you kind of wake up and say it can't get any crazier. Bernie Sanders is a socialist Marxist. Yeah. I mean, period, point well, blank. He admits it. He, he, he brags and, about it. And we don't have this money. Wouldn't it be light, nice to live in a world of uh, fairy tales and unicorns? That's what these guys live in. And they think we just print the money and then that we have to, you know, tax the rich and pay their fair share. Well, you know, the 1% pay, what is it, top 40%, uh, they pay 40% of the taxes, and I believe the top 10% pay 70% of the taxes. Right. Yeah, well, we see these, and they're usually progressive elites, you know, the Bezos and the uh, Bezos and, uh, you know, the the other folks, um, you know, the Facebook guy and all this other stuff. Getting Zuckerberg. Away with, yeah. Uh, yeah, getting away with not paying, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars like they probably should. But they're, they're merely 
uh, pulling stuff out of the air. And let me, let me just talk, if I can, just two minutes just about inflation. Please. Why are we going to have inflation? Well, number one is the reckless spending that we do not have. Uh, by the way, did you hear Joe last week say that pass my bills so that will curb inflation? Again, it's, it's fairy tale land. It's unicorn land. So let's think about we're now paying people to stay at home. You know, when our, we see restaurants all around town. They can't get workers. Right. Well, pay them a fair wage. Well, let's just think about this. If you artificially, artificially, governmentally induced, shrink the workforce, what happens to factories and businesses and manufacturing? They can't produce product. So what happens? The prices of the products that they do produce go up in the air. Look at car prices. The one sells that you can, now they're paying 125, 100 plus percent of invoice price. So that, that's inflationary in and of itself. Second is, if you get people to show up to work, well, you're competing now artificially. Not when Trump, when inflation was so low and unemployment was so low, then you were competing like a true market economy, causing wages to rise. Now you're artificially raising wages. So then we finally stop paying people to go to work. All of a sudden, the wages have been artificially created. So what does this do? Now you have true artificial economies and artificial inflation. Never before, I'm not an economist, but please, somebody show me where, we've had such high unemployment numbers, 10 million unemployment numbers, and then people begging for folks to go to work. Yeah. It doesn't exist in the real world. This is an entirely artificial and government-induced crisis. The, uh, by the way, 561-8255, we're talking with Congressman Greg Murphy about all the things going on in D.C. Uh, if you'd like to, to ask a question of uh, Dr. Murphy, he has agreed to uh, take your phone calls, 252-561-8255. The, the whole energy is another piece of the inflation. Joe Biden last week comes out and basically begs the, the uh, OPEC nations, increase your output. Uh, Governor Abbott down in Texas said, why don't you just let us do our job yeah. and we'll take care of the energy. Again, you look at what he did to the Keystone Pipeline, what he's done to the energy sector compared to and just within seven months, I mean, when Donald Trump was in there, we were not only energy independent, we were outsourcing. I mean, we were shipping to right. other countries. We were an exporter yeah, of, exporter. Uh, of petroleum yeah. products. You know, in all fairness, in all fairness, and I try to be truly objective to this, there was a point where Trump was saying for OPEC to increase this. But they were different circumstances, entirely different circumstances. He didn't. Uh, Trump unleashed our economy. Right. We needed it. He's uh, Biden, on the other hand, has handicapped our energy sector completely, making us dependent. When you um, looking at the energy, but also looking back at the uh, the infrastructure bill, were you surprised that you had 19 Republicans that came out and voted for that? Let me explain something, Tom. Um, there's a thing called politics and the balance of this country is on two people, essentially. Mansion, or Mansion from West Virginia and Cinema from Arizona. Arizona, Arizona. They have come over to the side of uh, reasonableness. They are getting immense pressure from the left to cave. And I think the Republicans who did side with going with this, with the intention of giving them what they wanted so that they would not be pulled left. And let me explain, and, and I think there's good reason to believe that this would be the case. If they had not gotten this, they would have gone then, okay, fine, we're not going to get this, we're going to go for the $3 trillion, we're going to go then to get rid of the filibuster, and then look out, because H.R. 1 is coming right behind. And if H.R. 1 had come behind, you and I would not know this country again. 
And so, yes, it looked bad on the outside, but I think a lot of politics in play that they had to take a loss here to prevent a massive loss on the other side. Whether that gamble pays off, we'll have to see. But I think, and honestly, it possibly very well might, because now we're seeing moderate Democrats in the Congress, in the House where I am, say, no, they're not going to go for this infrastructure bill because it's too much. The, the 3.5, the second bill. Or no, you, the one that's coming the, over the from 1. Senate. The 1.2. Correct. Really? Yes. So you think So that- I do think some of the moderate, progr- uh, moderate Democrats have now seen the writing on the wall that their progressive left colleagues are tearing this nation apart. It's all politics, and it is all in constant flux at this moment in time. But that's what I'm hearing through the wings and through, you know, the whispers right. of some of the individuals that I've spoken Do with. Do you think part of that is truly, and I'm sure there are some, although I don't know why they'd stay in the Democratic Party, but I'm sure there's some that want to make sure that, we, you know, the, the nation survives another day, another decade. But as part of that, are they reading the, the writing on the wall in terms of the 2022 election and, without a doubt yeah without a doubt and a lot of those folks are in the democrats are in the house are in trump one districts right so they're trying not to go along be painted as an aoc or a cory bush or those other folks that literally have no idea what they're talking about just pulling stuff out of the air we've got to take a time out five six one eight two five five if you'd like to talk to congressman greg murphy love to hear from you five six one eight two five five uh more with congressman murphy when we get back Back to News and Views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. And uh, do want to have a shout out to uh, our friend and uh, North Carolina representative Keith Kidwell and his wife, Vicki. Uh, they had a scary bout with uh, COVID. We're in the hospital. Keith is home. By the way, Vicki is still uh, recovering uh, down in the Beaufort Hospital. But uh, friends of... Uh, both Congressman Murphy and myself, and uh, we've been praying for you, Keith and Vicki, and uh, glad to hear you're on the mend. Uh, keep up the good work, and uh, look forward to hearing you uh, from you and getting you back on the air soon. Uh, I'll tell you, let's go to the phone calls. We've had uh, several calls come in. I, I do want to get to uh, the pandemic and uh, the border and all that other mess. Uh, first up, though, from uh, Greenville, we have Jennifer on the line, 561-8255. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, how you doing? Doing well. You're on with uh, Congressman Murphy. Yes, I just I have a quick question about. Um, I know um, Senator um, Representative Kidwell, along with some other um, state representatives, had all written letters to a lot of the um, medical facilities, hospitals, trying to hopefully help them reconsider the mandate. You know for the vaccines or um, a lot of healthcare workers are going to be terminated. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know where we were with that. If there's anything going on with that, I actually work at one of the facilities and, and a lot of the people are really concerned about their job and the welfare of the patients. Well, Congress Murphy can probably address that from a federal level. Yeah. I, um, uh, Jennifer, uh, thanks for calling. And, um, 
You know, this is a concern. I, I will tell you, I did. I expected this to happen. You know, there is legal precedent for um, hospital workers to be mandated to have the flu vaccine. I've had to, you know, I've been a practicing physician now in this area for 27 years now. And uh, as part of the contingency to, of my privileges to be at the hospital, I had to be vaccinated. So I knew this was just honestly a matter of time before this came to be. I will tell you, there are allowances for medical and religious objections that I think are being taken seriously by the um, uh, hospital administration. I will back back and say this as a physician. I personally believe that this is an effect, a safe and effective vaccine. I would not say otherwise. And I did my research on this. I promise you, I don't recommend things just because I feel emotionally uh, that that's you, we should do something for the sake of doing something. I've done my research on this. I did this from day one. And I believe that the uh, Pfizer and Moderna vaccines are safe and effective. And as a physician, I would recommend that people get them. Does that okay, help? Even though, they, even though they've had um, over 500,000 reports of, at, on the CDC website of injuries or death from the vaccine? Um, I believe those numbers are, to be very honest with you, I believe they're inaccurate. I don't believe, really, to be honest with you, some much that comes out of our CDC. I, I have yet to see anybody or personally from report of anybody that's died from the vaccine itself. So uh, I'm not saying that people don't have a choice here. I do believe they have a choice, yeah. but I'm a physician, and I recommend it that people get vaccinated. You were saying off the air that, but in our break that you don't think there will be a federal mandate. Um, I, I know Biden would like it to be, and I'd like him to. Uh, I'm sure he and Cooper are doing everything possible to try to uh, mandate things like that. You know, the sad thing is, if, I, if you look at the biology, if you will, the virology of this, this is not going away. Um, the, I wish I could say that the, I had hopes that it would, but it's not going away. And this thing has mutated already tremendously uh, in the short time it's been here. And as I said, that's one, in my opinion, we think this is engineered. Um, that said, uh, have we ever had anything like this in our history that you know of? You know, uh, the, the last big pandemic was in 1918 when um, the flu hit there and we had 20 million die here. But, in the but I mean, States. in terms of a manufactured. Uh, not to my knowledge, not to my knowledge. And, you know, the thing this the crazy thing here is compared to smallpox, smallpox, is my understanding, did not ever have any animal vectors. Now they found this uh, this coronavirus in deer. So hmm. it's not going away. We can't vaccinate all the deer in the world. So um, I personally think it's just a matter of time if people are not vaccinated uh, until they get it. Obviously, some people who have been vaccinated, whose immune systems um, are not still cranked up enough to fight this virus, have been in the hospital sick with this, and some have actually died. Uh, But we're just trying to really do the best that we can to protect as many people as possible. And you're also saying that in terms of natural immunity, you you feel like the jury is still out. I I do, because that's that the reports on that are taking, you know, you know, heck, I I said this months and months and months ago. Take your vitamin D, take your zinc, because if you looked at the people in the hospitalization, 70 percent of the hospitalized people were low vitamin D. So it's one of those things that helps your immune system. Now I'm not saying go out and start gobbling in 10,000 vitamins. That's not what I'm saying. But there are things that we can do that help our own immune system to fight this. Yeah, I, I will say my, my wife and I both had COVID. We had it last Thanksgiving, and we, because of my wife, not me, but she is has us both on a vitamin routine. Yeah. And fortunately for us, Thank you, Lord, that it was very, very mild for us. Good. And that's, you know, that's the most case. And and some people start screaming something for 99.8 percent effective. But the sad thing is, 
a great number of individuals who get this over age 65 are going to have long-term consequences, mm. lung consequences, heart consequences, kidney, liver. So, yeah, you may have lived through it, but your life is going to be exceedingly difficult afterwards. Thank you, Jennifer. 561-8255. Let's go to Dave in Tarboro. Hey, Dave. Hey, good afternoon. Thank you, Congressman, for being on today. Yes, sir. Uh, I, I want to talk about the border. Uh, you know, we've got all these people mm. coming across the border, and we've got this horrible work workers, uh, employee shortages. And kind of just to bring it home, I operate a large farm, and, and we use H-2A labor, which is legal and um to the max, but it's not cheap. Yeah, uh, you know, we we don't bring people in from Mexico because it's cheap labor. It's it's good labor. We would love to work the local people. Now that said, there are acres and acres and acres of solar farms going in in eastern North Carolina, as you know. And I'm asking what they're doing for labor, and they are uh, they are using. Um, uh, foreign labor, paying $25 an hour in the form of 1099s. So I don't know how they get away with that. I know if I did that in the business I'm in, I would be in big trouble. And I'm just curious, is, do you know anything about this? Dave, Dave I do not. Um, I'm happy to look into that. Uh, as you know, the farming um, industry really got hit hard with so many requirements for you having to pay sure pay so much, pay certain wages that really squeeze right. you guys tremendously. I don't know that there's anything that's been different for the solar industry. You know, so many benefits were given to the solar industry in North Carolina. Uh, you know, we're the number two solar producing uh, state in the country as far as the number of farms sure. is my recollection. Um, I'd yeah. have to look into that, Dave, to, to be uh, totally on spot with it. That there's an, there, I mean, down the road for me, there's another business that, that they build little garden sheds and that just popped up overnight i went in there to see you know what what it was all about not one person in there spoke uh spanish but we we did lose um a, a worker there for you know 24 bucks an hour yeah. and wow. I, I i just feel they're getting a 1099 they throw it away and come back to somebody else the next week and yeah. i think it's that's that's destroying what we're trying to do here yeah I mean, well I the whole immigration policy put forth by this president has been nothing short of disastrous um, on many yep. different fronts, human trafficking, drug trafficking, um, and then who knows where these folks are going to, and you, you, we don't know what their COVID well, status my, is. my suspicion is, and I don't have any proof of this, but my su suspicion is that, that the drug cartel is running uh, labor in this country, and they're, I don't think those workers are getting 25 bucks an hour, but somebody is. Well, Dave, no, and, no person crosses the southern border uh, without the explicit, uh, expressed uh, permission of the drug cartels. I've been to the border. That is what the yeah. border agents say. They have it fine-tuned. You know, there was one stretch of uh, the border which had, uh, I believe it was 24 miles. They normally had 30 agents patrolling that border. They had three, yeah. three, because those agents had been reassigned to processing of immigrants. And so the drug cartels just push the, the folks who've paid or either sold themselves into an indentured servitude, and sure. servitude yeah. um, on one side of the border where they're going to possibly get caught and then push the drugs to the other side. You know, last month there yeah. was a seizure of over a thousand pounds of fentanyl in one location. Now, again, 
drug cartels are not going to have their product um, all caught because there wouldn't be a profit in it. So you figure how much yep. gets caught, but then how much really gets in. That one seizure alone could have killed 240 million people in this country. Over the weekend, there was well, two tons of fentanyl that oh was caught. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's enough to kill well, this guess, continent, yeah. if yeah. not more. Yeah. Yeah. As horrible as that is, I guess the, the, the other thing is the drug tel- cartel is understanding that human trafficking is worth more than even drugs. And when we have the federal government paying people to stay home, like you mentioned before, it creates a huge void for workers. Yep. And if they are here basically being the, the state and federally sponsored um, labor unions bringing in huge wages, I just I think it's, it's a disruption of our entire economy, into. Dave. Yeah. yeah I, hey, I hey, Dave, we're up against a break. Well, thank you, sir, for the call. And uh, if you're on hold, we'll get to you as quick as we can. We'll be right back. This is your Drive at Five and ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Congressman Greg Murphy's in the studio with us. Let's go back to the phones. We have Barbara in Aiden on the line. Hi, Barbara. If you could make it quick. All right. Good evening, Congressman Murphy. My heart has just been breaking over this weekend, seeing the scenes in Afghanistan and knowing about what's going on with the women and children mm. and the good people of Afghanistan. But I have a question. In 2017, President Trump started a task force to investigate the mining rights of Afghanistan. There's approximately $3 trillion in untapped mineral resources there. Has Biden just thrown that agreement away? Uh, Trump was going to try to negotiate getting those mining rights in exchange for paying for um, the military operation, well, Barbara, which makes total sense. Yeah, I can't speak specifically for that, but I just do know that Biden has essentially thrown everything away for, uh, that Trump did, but now it's just trying to blame him for what's occurred. So, uh, which I he can't did speak, again today. Yeah, he did. I mean, my God. Um, yeah. And so, I, Barbara, I cannot speak specifically to that. I've read some reports about that. I don't want to give you the wrong information. But it doesn't matter now because they're no longer in control of anything in the mines. It's all the Taliban. So, right. Um, the Taliban is sitting on $3 trillion worth of minerals that's going to be going to the highest bidder yeah. of their enemy. Yeah. Yep. yep. Thank you, Barbara. Absurd. 561-8255. Real quick, let's go to John in Greenville. Hey, John. Hi, Tom. How are you doing? Doing well. Good. Hi, Congressman Murphy. This is uh, John from St. Peter's. My kids went to school with your kids, so you, I'm sure you know who I am. Oh, hey, John. <laughs> How you doing? Hey, listen, the one thing I, I wanted to get to ask you first, I've been thinking about this for a long time. I would love to meet with you or your office so I could sit down with you and go over a lot of things that I would like to help you with if I can. Okay. Uh, because I'm very fervently well, uh, I appreciate that. this whole stuff that's going on, and you know that. Yeah, just give me a Have call at the office, and we'll schedule an appointment. Hey, John, Please, thanks, thanks for the call. I, I don't mean to cut you short, but uh, we're, we're out of time. It has uh, been a quick hour. Uh, you, you know, if there's any silver lining to all this, it, the American people, just like John, wants to come and volunteer and help. Yeah. Do, do you see the American people waking up? I, I, I do, and that's, the again, silver lining with this. But what I see waking up, and elections statewide, elections nationally, are one in the middle. Um, they're the people who are now having voter regret. And they're the people that didn't like the guy with the orange hair that tweeted mean tweets. But now they're going, what did what did I do? What, yeah. What did I do? Yeah. And what did I do to this country? Yeah. And so um, 
you know, I just pray that there, we don't go past a point of no return. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep working. Um, we'll be following you in D.C. Look forward to talking to you on the phone and uh, keep up the good work. Great. Thanks, Thank you, Tom. Congressman Murphy. We'll do it again tomorrow at 5. See you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right. All right. All right.